Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 862, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one. My name's Josh Flanagan. I'm here with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. I feel like I really barreled into that one. No, 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 no. I am Josh. Whoa, okay. Whoa, easy, buddy. Uh, This is Pick of the Week for my fanboy. I don't know. Number 862. It's all off. It's all off. I'm Josh. That's Connor. I fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 862. This is our show. Yeah. (laughs) This is the pod. No. Nope. It's not the pod. It's Is it our program? That's better. It's our comic book program. Every week, we each read all the comics we can stand. I mean, just like yep. a buffet of like, all right, I'll try it. You know, you still eat your favorites or whatever. And then at the end, you say, you know what I like the best was the corn muffin. That's mm. the pick of the week. Corn muffin, corn muffin is one of those foods that really can live anywhere on the spectrum of amazing to terrible. Sure. Any of the corn-derived breads. What did I say to you before? Like, we got to hurry up and get through this. And yeah. then, I, then I did this. Anyway, the best comic that that person read is called The Pick of the Week. It is a rotating assignment. This week, Connor has that pick. We're going to get to that. We will talk about that book. We will talk about other books. We will talk about a patron pick. And if you don't know what that is, oh, man, hold on to your seat. Mm. There will be listener mail if there is time for it, which, of course, so far, not going well. <laughs> Can you tell, like, I need to speak to a person who understands me right now? <laughs> this is your spoiler warning. There will be spoilers. That's up to you. As I said, Connor, you had the pick. I did. Did you have a lot of books this week? Yeah, in the end, I kind of did. I spread them out, so it didn't quite feel like it, but yes. I think I ended up with 17. I missed. I, I somehow missed two on the first go-round, and I, had to yep. go, I was like, oh, shoot. I had to go back and read two more. This happens, you know? just happens. I, I, by the way, I, I don't know that I spoiled this or whatever, but early, I read the pick of the week. I read Nightwing 100, like yeah. the, the Tuesday or whatever day it came mm-hmm. out, and I finished it, and I was like, did you read that yet? And you said, I haven't read anything yet. I was like, carry on. <laughs> and then I saw at the top of the list, and I was like, I know what page made this the pick of the week. <laughs> Nightwing 100 is the pick of the week. And this is written by Tom Taylor with art by a all-star cast of former Nightwing artists, former you know series artists, Bruno Redondo, Scott McDaniel, Rick Leonardi, Eddie Barrows, Javier Fernandez, and Michael Janine. And it was actually not what I was expecting. No. 
having said, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this, which was basically a sort of reformation of the Teen Titans. I wasn't expecting that. And I don't know what that means for the book going forward either. That's a good take on it. It was that and and like the other, there's an offer in it. There's a decision that Dick has to make. And I was like, where's this all coming from? Are we, are we done? No, heart, sta- heart taker's still there. It was a lot. Yeah. First of all, can we talk about the prime placement that Black Adam has in the cover? The movie failed. So couldn't they have gone in there and Did it? photoshopped in someone else over that? <laughs> you look at covers, huh? Hang I on. Do. I'm getting there. I'm getting I there. I do look at covers. You know, it's a great cover of tons of DC characters, but like Black Adam right there next to Wonder Woman. I would have swapped him with Supergirl personally, but. I would say it was a bit of a misnomer to be. Uh, like that those were all guest artists because there was the artist and then there was a series of pinups in different uniforms. Oh, no, they did different sequences. They did scenes. Did they? Yeah. It wasn't all Rupert Nordondo. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. As Josh said, several things happening here. It opens with Dick and Bruce at Alfred's grave at Wayne Manor. And first of all, does Batman have money and Wayne Manor or not? Because sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't, depending on what book you're reading. I thought they were standing among rubble. No, those are leaves. Oh, Justice League. The Hall of Justice is rubble. Yeah, that's rubble. By the way, if Superman carves your little symbol in a chair live <laughs> in front of you, that's putting on a show. That is the hard-pressed sales technique, and I like yeah. it. That's the closing move. They're just at Wayne Manor because that's where Alfred is buried. Right. What I'm saying is, in other books, he doesn't live at Wayne Manor, and he's got no money. No, no, no. He could not live there, and he could have no money, but they still that's where they got to go to visit him because he's there. Although, well, if he can go to Wayne Manor, he could live in it. That's not true. I could go to my old house that I grew up in to be like, this is where I buried my dog. I didn't Lucius dog. doesn't live in the house. That would have been doubly bad if he took his money and kicked him out of the house. And kept his, kept his surrogate <laughs> father's body. <laughs> so anyway, we flash back to the meeting in the beginning is in the future. And the, back to the present where we're dealing with this horrible for-profit prison that's in, that's in I wanted to say Bloodhaven. Is it Bloodhaven? Yes, it is yes. Bloodhaven. Yes, yes. It's, it's very the... early, and I had a late night last night. Uh, a little bit of a headache. Anyway, heart catcher. <laughs> I don't... Heart it's going to be like this all episode. I'm sorry. I probably He's apologize. a heart taker. He's a... a lot of martinis last night. Heartbreaker. Don't you mess around with me. Heart taker busts out everybody from the prison. So there's a, there's a situation where uh, it's a breakout. Heart taker's like the hood. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. he shows up, and no one can stop him. <laughs> just a dude yeah he's got no powers so then we get a nice sequence from scott mcdaniel and carl story uh scott mcdaniel being the the main artist on the seminal chuck dixon nightwing run from the 90s that went well over 100 issues he did a good portion of that run he's very much associated with nightwing as a character and it's a nice little sequence of heart taker breaking everyone out there's a giant elephant dude <laughs> who's a big <laughs> problem and that was fun and then you know we get I thought the pinup sequence was great. So we start with Dick on the roof. He's going to jump off the roof. So the first page is Michael Jennings drawing Dick as a aerialist. And then we get a shot of McDaniel drawing Dick in his disco era costume. And then we get a shot from Rick Leonardi drawing Dick from when he was on the book, jumping off the roof. And then we get Eddie Barrows from when he was in, in his costume, the red costume. And then we get... Uh, Javier Fernandez, like it's a, it's like a sequence of him jumping and then landing on the ground, but through all different artists, all different phases of his looks. And the red costume was just a blip, though, because really, there's only the two costumes, but one of them has a red variant. That was the Nifty Two, and they they tried to make all the sidekicks wear red and just didn't stick with Nightwing. 
And as we get Rick Leonardi draws a one, two, three, four, maybe five, six, seven, no, six page sequence of the Titans coming to help with this breakout. It was interesting. I was expecting the Bat family. You know, it's a big anniversary issue and he's got trouble right here in River City and, and the Titans come. That was the first indication that it was what I was going to be expecting. And then it's basically a round up the bad guys issue where Dick has to fight some of them, but some of them he convinces to help. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice scene and it was They're one of those. They're not all like evil. Some people right. are in there because. And of... It was just another like, like what, the, what you're getting from Dick in this. Wow. That was, uh, mm-hmm. is his sense of empathy, which is, mm-hmm. you know, comparable to Superman's, but also he's, uh, among them. Right. You know what I mean? By the way, there's a bit, and I'm sorry, this is dumb, but no. there's a bit at the end where he's given a press conference as Nightwing. And I was like, mm-hmm. he's Dick Grayson. Everyone does it. And I literally thought, I was like, <laughs> did he come out? Because. Right. I like, was and I, worried and I there flipped, for a second too. I flipped to the page beforehand and I was like, the hair is exactly the same. And it's also, <laughs> it's very like conspicuous. Like, yeah. like that is a specific haircut and you're going to know. And also, like, like Dick Grayson has been front and center. Like, he's been given press conferences, too. And I was like, I don't think this is like, I'm good with suspending disbelief, but that's not fooling anyone. At least yeah. Clark slicks his hair back. <laughs> it's like when Oliver Queen was the mayor. Yeah. Superman and Wonder Woman show up to help. And he's like, yeah, I don't need your help. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could really help. <laughs> it's true. Instead, they go to the Hall of Justice, and you know, because of the Dark Crisis or whatever, the, the just because of the, the the plot device of that, the Justice League has been disbanded. As they figure out what to do next, they take Dick to the Hall of Justice, and as Josh says, Superman burns Nightwing's logo into, into a chair and says, "We want you to lead." Dick's not quite sure if he's ready for that, so now we go back to the original scene where he's with Bruce at the grave of Alfred, and they have a talk, and they take off their masks, and Bruce, you know. Says all the things that Dick always wanted to hear. It's okay, buddy. Let it out. Oh, God, it was emotional, Josh. I teared up. I <laughs> genuinely did. Just now, I saw that I, there's a page turn where he jumps at him and gives him a big hug. And it's it's a, a, a remarkable storytelling. Really yes. great. And it's, it's pushed in closer than normal. It's not a full body thing. Like, you're in there with them. And yep. I get a little, I get the little goosebumps just flipping to it. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, it was so cathartic. That was when I wrote to you. I was like, have you seen? Yeah. I love you, Dad. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, Dick says, well, what would Alfred have done now? What would he have told you to say? Because Bruce says, one of the things Alfred did was conveyed all the things I never could. And so then basically Bruce channels Alfred and says, uh, he would have told you that I'm so proud my son is going to be the best of us. And I was like, oh. And then the hug. <laughs> and then they had talked some more. And then there's the I love you, Dad, long shot with the grave next to them. And I was just like, okay. <sighs> We're done here with the rest of the books for the week. So then uh, the coda at the end, and I wasn't sure what we were leading towards. It was Dick and it's Barbara and Dick's sister, Melinda. Hot mare. You just call her hot mare. (laughs) Hot mare. Hot mare. Doesn't she have security detail or things to do? The specifics of her administration don't make a lot of sense, and I'm fine with it. She's being the mayor in Chuck Taylor's. Yeah, none of that makes sense. And so then it, he decides at the press conference, he announces that the prison, that he's bought the prison. Well, Dick says he's bought the prison. Barbara's like, we're now going to run a prison? He's like, no, nope, we're not running a prison. And the reveal at the press conference is that it's going to be the new headquarters for the Teen Titans. And just in case you missed it, the Flash is pointing at the tower in the background. 
When did they get that up with no one noticing it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a fairly conspicuous building. The question is, like, what does that mean for this book going forward if the Titans are now headquartered in Bloodhaven? Are they going to be, like, supporting characters in the book, or is it just not going to be a issue? It's going to be interesting to see going forward what that means. And uh, Yeah, and this is not, like, if there's not, like, a Titans book they're launching or whatever. I gotta say, I was, I guess it was, like, a red herring that the Justice League thing, but I was like, I think that would have been great. I think it would have been awesome to have him as head of the Justice League. You know, like, you're watching over in the DC versus Vampires book, like, it's not exactly what you want, but he's head of the Vampires, and you're like, yeah, I buy that, you right. know? And so in this context, you know, it's just one of those, I was like, that would have made a cool team. By the way, Tom Taylor should do Justice League with Nightwing mm-hmm. leading it, but now he's going to be in the Titans instead. And it was a little like, you know why? Because the Justice League thing is new, and the Titans thing is old. Mm-hmm. And so choosing the thing that we've done before seems less interesting to me. I like it, you know. I mean, he could be on both, I guess. I, I, this no. whole dawn of DC thing worries me. So we'll see what's going to happen going forward with all these characters as they change. And Where are the prisoners then? They're just gone, man. It was a fairly big facility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was probably like, where are those people? <laughs> I don't know. I really love the idea that as a comic book creator or writer, that person, you know Tom Taylor, asked that question. And he went, eh. And I'm fine with it. I just want one reporter to have been like, yeah, we know it's time for the Titans. They're all standing with you on the stage, and that's a giant T building behind you. Mr. Grace, I mean. <laughs> it was great. It was really great. Yep. From the cover to the st- I mean, it was, and you know what? Unexpected is good. If it had been exactly what I expected it to be, it may not have been as much fun to read. So let me ask you this. Is this different. emotional catharsis mean that we're done with that story? Like, are we, like, well, they... Like now, Batman and, and Dick can have a good open relationship, and I hope so for a little while at least. He's got he's dating Barbara. I got to tell you, I think he's going to kill Dick Grayson. <laughs> he's solving all his fucking problems. You can't like 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 Diane and Grayson. Sam are getting together. This ain't yeah. good. Right. Well, I guess we'll find out. Over in Batman Superman World's Finest Eleven, this is the culmination of the current storyline with the multiverse kid who is basically a surrogate son slash partner for superman but he has his own issues his anger issues his inadequacy issues and he tends to lash out with his powers which doesn't really work for superman all that well i thought this was a really fun storyline i like the titans being a part of it i like how the kids tried to bring him under their wing but just wasn't gonna work with this guy but i also like that they didn't demonize him and turn him into a villain in the end it was like he recognizes his problems you know, he realizes he needs help and he's gonna go off into the multiverse and try to find it i was like you know what i liked they got rid of him well, no, yeah. like seriously, like I was like, please yeah. don't make us live with this person forever. Like, it's right. too big of a thing. But I like that they didn't make him to a bad guy. Yes. That, that would yes. have been the expected thing to do. Yeah, you're right. I think the thing about this story that's interesting is that I pick up the issues. I've, I've read all of them. I forget about this storyline every time. Every time I start reading, I'm like, what is this? And I go, oh, right. Like, and I like it. But it's not sticking with me. Like, I think I'm, you know, I like Mark Wade. It, mm-hmm. Like, I'll hang around with these people for a while. But, like, I couldn't have told you that's what this book was. And we're four issues into this story. And every time I have to be like, what is, th- oh, right. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. Right. You know, it's a, it's a lark to me. It's it's enjoyable enough. I don't, I always read it because I know I'm going to enjoy it. But it doesn't stick with me at all. I understand. I like the, we talked about this before. I like the characterizations. I like the portrayals. Yes. I like that it feels classic and somewhat modern a modern classic version of the DC universe, which to me is exactly where DC should live. And mm-hmm. 
And with all the problems that DC has in terms of continuity, in terms of character portrayals, in terms of characterizations, this feels like the right place for DC. And DC's giving Mark Wade more to do with this Lazarus plan. I think I don't know that it's exactly working, but at least they recognize that he's bringing a lot of value to yeah. what they're publishing. Now, the, the reveal at the end of this uh, is mm-hmm. that Gog shows up. And I don't, I'm not super up on my Gog, Magog lore. Is David Sakella a name that I would recognize from like Kingdom Come? I don't think so. I don't know. So yeah, so when he goes up in the multiverse, he, he lands in the epilogue and it seems to be landing in the Kingdom Come planet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Was Magog like a giant like that or Gog? I don't know. Gog was just regular sized, human sized. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I have to read Kingdom Come again. It's been long enough that I don't remember really. I'm really looking forward to the next issue. Robin and Supergirl on the date from hell. <laughs> if that's not pick of the week, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I few I would just quit Nightwing. I, I would quit most DC <laughs> comics after this issue or that last Maybe. the pick of the week. So, Josh, one of the things I did over the break, which I haven't told you yet, is that I read all of Strange. Interesting. Strange number 10. This is the final issue. Had you this, this read week. some of it? I think I noticed I that it was weird it. that you put it on the script, but you'd read none of it. I'd read okay. none of it. I read all nine issues over the break. Okay. It was funny to read all nine and then wait like three weeks for the 10th one. Yeah. It was all in my head, then it all left my head. So when this issue started, I was like, wait, where are we? Oh, right, the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Another dead sentry. <laughs> but uh, I love, by the way, that he's just the whipping boy. Like, you like just make the sentry trash. Right. Use this is a corpse, dumb idea. And kick, we'll kick we'll it just around. Kick him, we'll keep kicking him around until he goes away forever. No, I like it as a kick. I like it every time he shows up. It's this was a huge mistake, but they just <laughs> are leaning into it. I love it. God, I wish they did that with Damien. Anyway, <laughs> this was fun. I liked them merging into one being. So Stephen Strange and Clea, uh, she's currently the Sorcerer Supreme. He's currently dead. They merge into one being called Strange, and he's got four arms, and it looks well, kind of like the, uh, Eternal. What's that? A Mort? No. Uh, I know what you mean. The cosmic. Anyway, yeah. like so, so like the deal here is that at the end of that wonderful, what was the Strange miniseries before this, where he the death of Doctor Strange, and right. uh, he we turns out that he becomes the, the the harbingers of souls, the Harvest Man for Death herself. Eternity. That's the name of the character. Eternity. There yeah. you go. Yeah. She's Sorcerer Supreme, and then they find out that they're there, and uh, they're really happy to be, but they cannot touch. And I was like a page into this, and I went, check off his gun. I was like, oh, they have to touch. That's how they'll solve this. And I kind of, but I really liked the way that they wrote the being when it was merged. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was just well done and and imaginative. And, you know, they come out of it, and he's like, you cannot imagine what that was like. And I I just thought that was well done. It was good sci-fi, you know. So did you have you enjoyed the series? Yeah, I liked it. I the art from Marcelo Ferrer, it's okay. You know, it gets the job done. I liked it. It's got a it's little, fine. little style to it. Ultimately I did enjoy it. And yeah. now we're leading into another strange series. We've had a real steady I mean, I don't even know how many years it's been now, but it's probably closer to a decade of like Doctor Strange being very present, and I'm sure that has to do with the movies or whatever, but for years for years there was no Doctor Strange. And it's been Good. You know, at the very least, it's been interesting, but is you know, Mark Wade, Jason Aaron, Donnie Cates, Jed McKay. Yeah. You know. And Jed McKay's staying on the book. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I think we've reached the point where we're, we've had diminishing returns with all of these volume reboots, constant volume reboots, mm-hmm. reboots, yes. reboots. 
But if just you don't so think of them like that. Every time a storyline ends, they reboot at number one again. It's it's even with the same creative team, at least yeah, the same writer. Whatever. It's, just, it's the cover. Just like you just ignore. I just ignore that part. The only difficulty for me is that I have to remember where that like a new one is coming. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I guess it's done, you know. And then the next week, I go, all oh, right, that's how they do this. I like that. So Stephen is resurrected at the end. I like that he's resurrected as sort of sort of classic Doctor Strange. Like he has the goofy facial hair and he has sort of the long flowing hair with this white stripes on the side. Like, he, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they made him cool looking for the movies, you know, but now he's kind of back to looking kind of like a weird musician. Yeah. I like that. I like that Doctor Strange. I think I also think that the two characters, you know, Clea, she was dead for a while, I think, and mm-hmm. then she wasn't. And now she's just fully, I like the contrast of those two characters. Yeah. And I hope she's in the book. I hope she's yeah. in the new book. She's like a hair away from evil. <laughs> right. It, you know, it's it's not a new idea in comics where no. you have the love interest who's more badass than the hero. So like Electra or, you know. If I'm just going to keep going with with old man references, you got uh, Mary Madeline and James Carville, basically. You're just. <laughs> they should have played them in the movie. Yep. Namor, the Submariner, Conquered Shores. I was reading, this is issue four of five, Cantwell and Pasquale Ferry. I'm reading this and I'm like, oh man, they're really talking up Steve here. Because this is, you know, now we've got Human Torch, Jim Hammond has shown up, and now you've got Namor, Human Torch, and Steve, the, you know, the Invaders reunion. And they keep talking about how great Steve is. He's the best of the humans. He's the one that can pull us through. And I was like, oh, no. And then they blew him up. And then the Torch and Namor at odds. Like, it was like they couldn't they couldn't last. The good feelings couldn't last, and they were, they were leaving the breadcrumbs for it, and I just was waiting for it to happen, and it was still heartbreaking when it did, because you just want them to be happy together. These war buddies, these guys mm-hmm. who have so much shared history and have gone through so much together. They can't talk. They're too closed up. They don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> but Steve is the way through, because they all know that he's going to do the right thing, so they love him, and they listen to him, and now he's gone. I liked that there's still enough of old shithead Namor yeah. In this new guy, he wasn't so enlightened now that that guy no. didn't come out. Again, this is a Christopher Cantwell special. This is his <laughs> his great talent is to write the asshole as a human, but then remember that he's still an asshole. It was interesting because, you know, he's much more enlightened with everyone else. It's almost like when you see an old friend, you sort of revert back into that old yeah. Yeah. thing. And so he was constantly flying off the handle on Jim <laughs> And I was like, dude, chill. <laughs> <laughs> so do you seek war it's like no calm yeah. down jesus he kept flipping out on him and, and it just i thought this was a really terrific issue i really did i thought this has been great but this was another really good issue of this yeah. book. and unexpected like i don't really know what it is or what it's going to be so every time i i come into it i it doesn't feel like you know the same old cliche because again it's future the only false step for me is Steve Rogers is hipster hairdo, but other than that, with the shaped sides and the long on top, yeah. like come on, whatever. He's not I don't love a the art tattoo parlor in Brooklyn. Yeah, actually, I like the art quite a bit. I like Pasquale Ferry. I don't mind the art, like from that standpoint. I don't like how it's finished. I don't know. It feels too like sketchy. No, like the coloring doesn't match the sketchiness. I guess hmm. the coloring is not great. Hmm. It looks like, well, Matt Hollingsworth. I mean, he's a great colorist, but it's still the style of it. Like, the color is the good, the color theory, the whatever, but it has that that animated style. If you look at, all right, let's see. Here's a good example. Page 13. Just the way that Namor's face, look, like it doesn't look like skin. I don't know. It's hmm. a little computery. Hmm. You know what? The whole thing looks like it was drawn digitally. Like, there's not a lot of, anyway, whatever. I can't put words to it right now, but something <laughs> I don't love. 
But I like the people involved. I just wish yeah. it was a little more uh, naturalistic, you know? I'm enjoying this, and clearly this is not going to end well for anybody because uh, the robots, the thing here is they found a robot society that Jim Hammond has been running with, with you know, so there's a robot society, there's an Atlantean society, there's a small human society, and the human society gets blown up here by the robots. So robots versus Atlanteans, issue five, death to Atlantis, they scream. We should never allow the robots to think, Josh. We've been over this a lot in pop culture about the robots. I think my, I don't want to say the word out loud, but A-L-E-X-A, all the time <laughs> I say thank you. <laughs> you know what happens when you say the name? It's no. just a light that flashes. <laughs> like, that. Like I heard you. <laughs> do you have the one that looks at you, that like, turns towards the voice? Yeah, they all do that. Well, yeah. they don't turn, but the light shows there's you. One, there's one, there's a new one now that will turn, Ugh. like, it'll rotate towards where you are. Yeah. I mean, like, I recognize, like, I was like, whatever, they have my information anyway. But I will also go into rooms that don't have it and ask it to turn the lights off. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I got to flick a switch like a savage. I don't have one with all my I know you don't. You, 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 always, you didn't want to use an easy pass. You thought you were being tracked. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Advertise to me. I'd rather use cash. Fuck cash. I'll be the last one left. Everyone else will be killed by their devices. And I'll be it. It'll be me. Me and my cash. Connor, sweet release. <laughs> sweet release. Batgirls, number 14. This uh, I wanted to mention because two reasons. One, uh, this is a book that has been up to this point, for the most part, defined by artists with like a really chaotic style. And that's not a bad thing. Jorge Corona was the artist that started the book off, and he's terrific. But that kind of style, like exaggerated anatomy, exaggerated poses. Other artists since then as well. Neil, I think Neil Gouge also. But this, the last two issues have been drawn by Jonathan Case, who's a very different, very clean style. and. I really like it on this book. This issue was a silent issue as Cassandra searches for Stephanie Brown, who's been kidnapped by her father. And so appropriate for Cassandra, this is an all-silent issue that where she investigates. And it's, it's nice. it was really good. It was really well done. Did you leave Hulk? No. That was one of the books I forgot about. Like, oh, shit, Hulk. I mean, I'm on the edge. No, I know that. I can tell. You've talked about it. Hulk you were 11. You were going to drop off. Yeah, but there's something compelling about it, and it's it's extreme wackiness. And so this issue, I said, hey, is this Ryan Otley drawing? And I went back, I saw it's Ryan Otley writing it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of sensed that. He's actually done a couple of really great wacky stories here and there over the years, just usually from Image. But Hulk, the engine room Hulk, like, like I don't particularly like it, but I respect it. I was like, this is some <laughs> weird shit like and you're watching hulk you're like i guess this is just hulk then they cut to the engine room and all the banners are talking to each other and then there's another hulk and i was like they're just they're juggling this dumb shit and it's barely holding together and i i respect it and so the deal here is that (laughs) little tiny hulk goes to a world where he's you know, it's all made of hulks and whatever. And, and it's a gamma and it's, world. So everyone gamma, on the planet is hulk. Grown up in his image, he is legend and he shows up and they're kind of unimpressed by him. Well, he's half the size of them. Yeah, less. And they're going to play god ball. And so basically, they're just like, you want to play football with this dude? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then there is an incredible imagination behind what god ball is, mm-hmm. is that they take the core of a dead planet and they mash it and mash it and mash it. And then they, they play a sport with it. And the idea, of course, that it has a lot of mass. It's very heavy. And at one point, Hulk goes, you're killing planets? He's like, we're not monsters. These are already dead planets. It's like, that was nice. So you don't have to think that there, this, there's not a thing here where you think, oh, these Hulks are all going to be evil. They're just Hulks. Yeah. 
Fair. And I liked that. I liked how silly it was. I don't even know what happened at the end. Some people showed up from another universe <laughs> and they got killed and then replacements of them showed up and they got killed. It felt very much like Invincible. Yeah. This yeah. particular issue in that it, sort of wacky way. These dimensional characters showing up over and over and over again and getting killed and killed and killed felt very much like Invincible. I think in Invincible we would yeah. have seen a pile of broken bloody bodies at the end. I really like that like Ryan Otley took the best of that comic book and sort of brought that into his storytelling style. I don't mean like mm-hmm. his art style, but like I, I'm I'm cool with that. Like it was barely hold on with your fingernails. Like I this doesn't make any sense, but you know, let's do it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm there for it. Like it's all over the place, but isn't that what I want of comics sometimes? Like yeah. I can't complain the about Hulk it. Book, this is ending. It's uh, you know, yes, no, that too. Is left. They announced it's this volume is ending. They'll start with a new creative team. I've hated Starship Hulk the entire time. I mm-hmm. think it's a dumb concept, but. No, you're right. This particular issue was, you know, just go for it mm-hmm. and tell a strange, funny, wacky Hulk story. I liked this issue, even if I don't yeah. like the wrapping around it. Yeah, and I mean, it is what it is. It's there. I know it's going to end, so I don't have to be like, oh, this is going to go on forever. It's going to, it seems like it's going to end prematurely because. Oh, for sure. Whatever. You know, like, like take your moment. I can't even call this gosh. I can't even call this good old superhero. I don't no, know what it is. No, it's not like that. It's different. Yeah. It's modern, gosh. It's full on. So points to you. I was really surprised that you put New Champion of Shazam on here. I didn't think you were reading this. Well, we've talked about almost every issue. We have? Yeah. I feel like we talked about the first one and you were like, eh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's what we said. I don't remember. Maybe it was during the break. I don't know. Anyway, this is the final issue of this book in which... Four is the right number. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it was entirely compelling as a story. It was beautiful from yes. um, Doc Shaner's perspective. So by the end of this story, we have established several things. One, all of the siblings, the Shazam family, as it previously was, they are now powerless. Yes. Two, Mary Marvel has all the power now. Three, she is Shazam. Four, Billy Batson is somewhere and he's telling her to stay away in a vision and we can find out what's happening next in a Lazarus Planet special. But, you know, we've been talking about like, who is this person? What is her name? Now we establish in this issue she is not Mary Marvel. They make a joke about her being Miss Marvel, but she is going by Shazam. Right. And since the other siblings don't have powers, we don't have to worry about what their names are. I like her as a character in this. Mm-hmm. I like that I mean, we've seen the reluctant hero or the insecure hero, and it's not that she's insecure. She's just like, I don't really want to do this, but I have to. You know, it's you take care of your family, whatever. I just thought it was a pretty good take on a character everything around it the dr savannah mm-hmm. daughter whatever that felt like invincible actually <laughs> she's experimenting on people and right you know that twist was pretty clear it was coming up but the actual like essence of the character i thought was was pretty good again for her, she's just fine we'll see going forward what that means you're gonna see that bunny again <laughs> i always liked mary Mar- you know mary marvel's a great character and then again like what the fuck version of the you know she was always around so was like, she was full of confidence and mm-hmm. You know, but now, who you know, this version is this version. Who she just knows? wants to lead a regular life. I just want to go to college. And she's like, I can't. <laughs> you know, like, it, like, that's a, actually a very realistic thing. Like, you want something. It's kind of like a metaphor for being the only one in your family who like mm-hmm. a, has a job that has to, you know, has to take care of everybody else instead of going to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it was. I mean, ultimately, I enjoyed the miniseries, but it didn't knock yeah, my socks agreed. off as I was hoping it would. Uh, you know, it's fine. She's Shazam. <laughs> So those are the books we wanted to talk about. It was a 
It was a good week, I thought. It was a solid week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, solid. It, not a lot of standouts. Oh, those few pages in Nightwing for me. Over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, the patrons of the show all can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, for, for the second week in a row, we had a blowout winner. And that was Immortal Sergeant number one from Image Comics, our second blowout, our second image number one in a row. And this is written by Joe Kelly with art by Ken Niamora. There's no other credits, so I assume... Ken yeah. Moore also lettered it. And you might remember this team from the uh, beloved and critically acclaimed I Kill Giants quite a few years ago at this Long point. Long time ago. Probably like 15 years ago. Yeah. I really didn't know what to make of this when I started. Mm-hmm. To call the art style loose is yes. an extreme understatement. And at first I was like, I don't know, man. But I did <laughs> find that as I, I mean, like it is extremely minimalist. It almost looks like breakdowns. Yes, and not it does. pencils. But I will say... I got used to it, and I wasn't thinking about it at the end, which to me means it's doing its job. It's telling the story, and I was just in it by the end. I didn't know what it was going to be. I remembered I liked I Kill Giants, but I don't remember a thing about it, and it didn't end up like the kind of thing I thought it was going to. This is more, seems to be, I mean, I think the drawback to this issue is unlike last week's Black Cloak, Mm -hmm. which really you know, leaned into the page count to set up the story. I don't know what this story is that we're telling here other than I mean, it's kind of a comedy about an old badass cop who's retiring. Yeah. But also he can't let, he can't let, there's a case he can't let go. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty fucking standard stuff, but there wasn't, I mean, you hear immortal Sergeant and I thought, all right, it's going to be some, it's not, it's just in our world. Right. Apparently. It's a cop story. Old cop. Doesn't want to let stuff go. He shocks some kids with his car. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Joe yeah. Kelly's a great writer. Joe Kelly's a legitimately is. funny writer. And I laughed several times reading this book. But I finished it. I thought, well, okay. I liked it, but I don't really know where we're going here yet. I, I will say, I think you're right. I didn't know what to expect. As I started reading it, I got into it. And it was over. And I thought, I, I enjoyed that. As I sit here, tape rolling. Mm-hmm. Many people are listening to me, not necessarily in, at the same time, but they will in aggregate. I'm not sure what to say about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really have – the art is so minimalistic that like, it works really well, but there isn't like a thing where I'd be like, look at the storytelling here. Look what this does. Mm-hmm. Like I, It washed over me in a way, not a bad way. I like the minimalism of it, but there were yes. several times where I couldn't tell what I was looking at in terms of people. There were also some storytelling bits. There's a part where Detective Sergeant Sergeant, which I, is a dumb joke, but I laughed at it. <laughs> his name is James Sergeant. You know, he's moving out of his, his office and two people are trying to move into it. And I was like, are those teenagers? Is that a woman? Like, what is happening here? Because it's just, it's so minimalist and... For some reason, he decided to drive one of the cops like Han Solo, dressed up like Han Solo. Like, it was very confusing, mm-hmm. that scene. And then they're talking about going out and chasing tail, and I was like, wait, what? I thought these were kids. <laughs> so those issues like that, for the most part, I thought that, you know, there was some really dynamic panel work, you know, from the angles that the car driving away, that long shot of the smoke and the sound effect going all the way down the street away from mm-hmm. us was I'm, I'm really looking at that right now. But... Yeah, no, it's super minimal. This is super sketchy and looking like a breakdown. But I, I thought it worked for the most part. I think that you've got to be 
You either got to go no- know nothing about comics or you have to know enough to be impressed by it. This could be a big subsection in the middle of it. Like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like, I, I know, you know, I know what it's doing. I think it works. You know, but like, ah. yeah, I, I still, I don't, like, I, I liked it. It was kind of a cop story. Let's see if it, you know, really, like, it's going to have to kick up a gear to be incredibly memorable other than just sort of a quick lark. But Joe Kelly, man, like, he can tell a story. He can, he can write. I mean, I Kill Giants was very emotional and it touched a lot of people and mm-hmm. they still think about it fondly as a seminal work from that era. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it if those two guys want to come back and just tell like a goofy cop story. Yeah. They don't have to try to recreate I Kill Giants, even just the tone. They can come back and do something totally different, which I respect. Maybe the reason that I'm having a trouble putting a finger on it is that a lot of times, no, I mean, it's it's a fairly normal thing that the style of art dictates the tone of the story that you're reading and it gives you a clue as to what it's going to be so like mm-hmm. you said you laughed a lot and i was like it was funny and, you know like it, it kind of was or whatever but like you know when you when you read comics you, you we, we just talked about this last week where the style of art on something was much too serious for the tone that it was going for it was like it was right. like uh conan the barbarian style art on what should have been Steve oh, right Lieber, yeah that was uh you know and I think what what's interesting that? about this is that it's not you're not it's not giving you anything, right? Like this could be dramatic, it could be satirical, it, and I don't I don't know what it is because there's not enough information, which kind of works. It's choice, you know, mm. but it leads me to not quite know what the tone they're going for is. Well, I mean, it seems like it's over the top and humorous. I mean, the opening scene is him. Yes. Pulling up on a golf course and golf and then trying to shoot his commemorative watch, but he can't, mm-hmm. you know, throws it up there like a skeet shoot and misses it. Yep. And so it falls on the ground and he unloads his gun into it. Like it seemed like that's the tone they're going for. Yeah. I'm also bringing into it my expectations from Michael Giants. Right. You know, like I'm waiting for it to be weighty or so. I don't, you know, I don't know. It may not. Or it may. It may. I don't want it to be. The Casey can't seem to forget. The, the clearly shoe. a child's shoe. So yeah. that's not going to be light. Right, you know? exactly. I mean, in a way, it's destroying expectations so that you're kind of, you know, you don't know what to expect, which is, which is, which can be a good thing. Right. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if we're talking about like, I love the potential, I love the potential that's here, but I, I don't know enough to put my finger on it, which again, you know, that's a choice in the first chapter to do. Ratings. Three and a half. Yes, sticking with it. Yeah, I was going to say my rating might seem low, but I think it's a three. Yeah. Three out of five, which is not bad. You sure you don't want to give it a 4.87? Yeah, let me (laughs) clarify. Last week's patron vote, I misspoke. I said 4.8. I meant 3.8. You really loved that book. I was like, I I really loved that patron book. I was like, oh, shit. I I meant to say 3.8, not (laughs) 4.8. It's almost perfect. Fine. (laughs) I I was like, shit. Listen, I was caught up in the moment. Um, yeah, I'll stick. I'm sticking with it. It was enjoyable. All right. So there you go. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patient can vote out of the book to the rundown. Uh, and that's for people. Go support the show directly. Our patrons are loyal patrons. We enjoy them. We have fun with them. This past weekend, we had our monthly hangout with them. And they are the ones who unlock shows that people everyone gets to enjoy, like all the, the monthly explodes, the media explodes, the book explodes, the talk explodes. And they've created a really great community. As we mentioned, the last couple of shows, we were starting to revamp our patron. We added new stretch goals, even though they're getting rid of stretch goals, as we've been told. We may still keep them unofficially. Stretch goals in absentia. It just depends on what they are replacing it with as they keep claiming they are. 
What is it called like when a when a monarch is taken out of the country that they're ruling and they they do it like a proxy government or what like that's what our oh. stretch goals are like. Oh right, that's that there's a word for that. Yeah, I can't think of it. Anyway, this we'll figure that out once in they exile? announce what they're doing. It, well, no, there's a word exile? for the person that the the regent, right? The king regent. No. That's the person who stays behind and rules. No, I don't mean that, but I'm talking oh. about the the king, like the monarch themselves. That's oh yeah, ruling in exile, yeah. Yeah, that's our yeah. that's our we have stretch goals in exile. So we have the stretch goals. We'll see what they're gonna replace stretch goals with. We may or may not keep them depending on what happens after that. We also are working on a bigger revamp that's just taking a while because we can't agree on one part of it and we're just bickering like the old married couple about it. So we are I would figuring say it's that bickering. out. It's just, it's just slack bickering. Me saying it's not bickering was bickering. We're getting there. We're getting there. But you know, we we actually had a bunch of people join up in the last couple in the last month or so since we've been back. We thank you for that. We hopefully make it fun for you. There's the Discord channel, there's the Facebook group, and uh, we appreciate all the patrons. Also, I found threadless.com is where you can buy our t-shirts. We've got 12 shirts, 12 designs. You can buy our designs and not things other than t-shirts. You can buy them on shower curtains and bath mats and skateboard decks and mugs and notebooks. You can check them out there, fanwood.thirdless.com. We I know we haven't put a new design out in, in a year, but we don't just put any design on there. We put designs we like and we believe in. Well, the last one was really good. We're we're skating on that. Skating we think on are it. Good. Get it? So you know, we're always thinking about it. We just haven't come across something that we really like. But once we do, we'll put it up there on fanwood.thirdless.com. Fanwood.com slash support is our PayPal link. That's where you can do it. leave a little tip, a digital tip in the jar while we play Piano Man for you. And fanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can find the book Slud Books. I have to update that page. I've not updated it in a little bit, but I will. And then finally, bookshop.org. That's where you can you can find bookshop.org links where appropriate, usually with the book Slud post. This past week we had a book Slud show with, with a bookshop link in it. Those sales go to help local bookstores. There's a pool of money that they can share from, or you can designate money to go to a specific local bookstore, as I have done. Local bookstores are the lifeblood of this great land of ours and they should stay and so you should help them out by shopping at bookshop.org i know they appreciate it and we appreciate it thank you oh also if you're a patron we're back to the patrons again at the five dollar or higher level you get a superpower live in the show like josh will do right now sal d has the ability to get someone to cut to the chase Ooh, we could use sal d on the show it's not all the time and the person Uh might not be aware that they're not cutting to the chase or sure. getting to the meat of it, but with like a little nod, like a little, you know, the the all of a sudden, all of the all of the artifice, all the stumbling, all of the unnecessary details will will just will be, be gone, and the person will cut to the chase, skip to the end, get to the good part. I like the idea of him twinkling his nose like bewitched. Yeah, like they don't know it's because yeah. it's rude to say to somebody, "Get to the point," right? But. A lot of times, you don't want to sit there and listen to them going, now, there are other people, and they're not skipping to the chase, or cutting to the chase is part of what makes their charm. Like, that's the part you're there for, the diversion. So it's not an area effect. It's not all the time. He can choose to do so. It's targeted. So, you know, say that you've gone to the bank, and I don't know why you're going to the bank. You're the only person I know who goes to a bank. You know, and they're they're trying to sell you on something. They're telling you about whatever. Like, just I just want you to answer my question. Give a little thing. The fee is this much. Thank you. Skip to the end. <laughs> or, for Come example, on! if you're a married person. Oh, boy. You want to say skip to the end, but you really shouldn't. <laughs> Sal, no harm, no foul. Is there a little sound effect when he does it? No. Okay. No, there can be no. Like, if you know, you'll see it. You'll see it happening. 
there'll be a slight change in the speaker's face, but he, he'll make sure you cut to the chase. Right. Well, there you go. Thanks for being a patron, Sal. I want that power. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Anyone at the $5 higher level gets a superpower live on the show. Let's do an audience question, at least one. Billy L. from Los Angeles, California. I've been thinking about this question for the last few years. I'm looking to make the switch from physical to digital, wondering what the best options in terms of tablets are. Are they all the same? Could you talk about your setups? Are there any aspects of reading in physical format that you missed since making the switch to digital? That's interesting that you chose this question because I saw it and I was like, I have no answer. Well, Josh, I've only ever used iPads, so I can't speak to other tablets. Did you ever try the Fire? Did you ever try yeah, to read a comic on there? For a little while, actually, I had I had the Kindle Fire, which was like a seven-inch one. Back then, it was hard to read. Today, I wouldn't even be able to see it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I was... I was ready. I had that first iPad mm-hmm. pre-ordered show up the day because I was ready to read comics like that because we got, even back then, we got a lot of comics on PDF. Yeah. That was a game changer for me. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's that, the why I bought the iPad was, yeah. was to read comics, uh, you know, specifically. Which, by the way, is pretty much the only thing I use it for. I'm on a laptop all the time or I have my phone. I do not need a tablet other than to read comics, but I could not not have a tablet doing this. Right. I don't have the huge one. I have an iPad Air, I think. It's I like got a regular one, yeah. Nine, ten. I, I don't have the huge one. I think the regular iPad size is just, it shouldn't be any smaller. I could go bigger. I could see that being a, a benefit. As long as the resolution is strong enough, as long as you've got yeah. a retina display, then I've never had a problem. And also, if, if there's a problem, you just pinch it and zoom in. But yeah, uh, I've never had a problem reading on, on the regular size iPad. No. I still hate this. My one drawback: I hate double page spreads because you have to like turn it, and then it all gets slightly smaller. And well, the functionality is way worse since they changed the functionality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Comicsology. It used to be you could swipe through the double page spread, and now you can't. It's all messy. So, like I said, we get a lot of PDFs. I've used an app called Goodreader ever since then. Yeah, we. I use Goodreader as well for our PDF comics. Yeah. I I miss two things about physical comics. And one is specific to doing the show, so it's not going to be an issue for anybody else but me and Josh and whoever else reviews comics on a show like this. But I miss knowing, first of all, we used to do the show, I'd make a stack of the books in the rundown and just go through the stacks. I miss that sort of easy organization as opposed to having to fly around various apps or find the issue we're talking about and missed all the other books I read this week. So just having it easily on the show was a benefit. Also, I think it's faster to flip through the pages when you're talking about a book on a show like this than it is to scroll around. So I miss that from a showmaking aspect. Just as a reader, I miss knowing how much book was left from just from the weight of it, you know? That's true. I don't know that that bothers me so much. I've, it's I've it's not a huge miss. I just, yeah. you know, every once in a while, I'm like, ah, I, you know. I have missed the end of books because I thought it was over and I did not know there was more book after that because, <laughs> you know, I would know if I was holding it. Here's what I miss. I miss the cover. I tend to gloss over the covers now. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that when you're holding the actual book and you can see it and appreciate it. I feel like I'm missing out on art that would be fantastic. Like I tend to, if I do notice a cover, it's like after the fact. That's just a me because I'm yeah. plowing through them. I've never used an Android tablet. I know that when I pick up an Android phone, it's like alien technology. I don't know what to do with it. So I think that there's probably cheaper options that would do the job just as well because you are just reading, a you know, uh, basically a visual file. Right. It just depends on how comicsology works with it or i don't know i don't even know how else you get digital comics at this point i guess you can probably places but there was a lot of efforts to give you different ways to buy them you know you could just buy them directly from images website for a while everybody had their own app for a little while but now it seems like all of that has 
gone away because otherwise you're just dealing with individual files and it's that's clunky well we'll see we'll see what's happening oh yeah then then also they just get rid of the entire comiXology staff so <laughs> so <laughs> good luck everyone i'm very happy i've always been looking forward to stop reading single issues and papers just because they pile up mm-hmm. everywhere and they never look at them again it's way better if you're traveling because bringing oh, yeah. comics to travel the weight to content ratio was never good you know, in terms of like carrying a bunch of books around that they're heavy. So if you really want to get some good comic book reading done, like on a flight or something like that, it's hard to beat digital, I think, for that. Ben F. writes, I dropped off reading comics for a while. I'm just getting back into them. It seems like DC is pushing really hard to introduce a new generation of legacy characters looking mainly at Dark Crisis. I know the originals aren't going anywhere, but it seems like they might be succeeding in making these new characters stick. What are your takes on the next generation heroes? And do you think they have staying power? You think they'll eventually DC will succeed in pushing the original characters into more elder positions, focusing mainly on the next wave of heroes. Sounds like Ben F is pitching three G, <laughs> which was DC was going to do all of the things you just mentioned, Ben F. They were going to have an event called three G or five G, five G, five G. They were going to change the timeline, make all the original heroes into retirees and push the next generation of more younger, more diverse versions of the original characters. And then Dan Dia, the architect of that event got fired. And that didn't happen, although it seems to kind of be happening anyway. Mm. What do I think? I think that some of the characters are better than others, like anything. I think, personally, that having two Batman is dumb, two Superman is dumb, two Wolverines is dumb, two Spider-Mans is dumb, two Captain Americas is dumb, two Hawkeyes is dumb. This week, we had Iron Man, and Ironheart showed up, and she's basically also Iron Man, but they don't call her Iron Man. And I think that's better. I think she's a cool character. I'm happy she shows up. There's a really good rift between them right now. Yeah, like I, but she's rings. a good character, and yeah. I'm happy when she shows up, and I'm also happy she's not also called Iron Man. I just think it's Agreed. dumb to have all these characters duplicated. And if also, if the if the character itself is actually a good character, it kind of does them a disservice to just yes. name them the thing that already existed. I would prefer that they have their own identities and be allowed to grow on their own. But DC seems to be, and I don't know what this Dawn of DC thing is, it shows a lot of these new characters in this logo. We'll see. I can't imagine them being allowed to send Bruce Wayne into an old folks home and send Clark Kent away. I just can't imagine that, but all expectations are out the window now. And so who knows? I mean, it never works. Like basically what it is, is there's a really low stickiness rate. So they'll, they take a bunch of characters and they shove them all at you for a long time. And then after the waves come up on the beach and wash them away, there's one or two left that are worth a damn. Mm -hmm. And, and they stick around Cassandra Kane, you know, like, they came up, and that's actually, they called her Batgirl. She mm-hmm. was Batgirl, but, it, was, you know, yeah. it's great character, stuck around, is interesting. You know, not a, it's not a top-tier character. I can't think of the last time they created, like, an A-plus character who got their own book that actually became, you know, Pantheon, you know. The closest you, right now would be Miss Marvel, who got, you know, a very yeah. popular book and then a TV show. I was actually thinking just recently, as I was reading the comic that, and I realize it's probably because I'm not reading the, the books, but Miles Morales kind of was totally in my mind, hobbled by his move into the regular Marvel universe. Like he was an interesting lead character of a book and a universe. And then they brought him over and he just became second Spider-Man. Yeah. And he, he still seems to be, they don't really have anything for him to do. He still seems to be apart from, yeah. Like he's not, you know, like he'll show up in books sometimes, but he's not, he's got no purpose. He's not where the Avengers, but you know, I, I mean, you, I almost, when I, I still read the books, I've read every one of them. 
it's almost an Elseworlds. He's almost still in a different universe, mm-hmm. and they just let him be. And he interacts with some of the the teens, you know, you know, uh, Miss Marvel. But you know, there was a whole ending of Saladin Ahmed's story where, like, he went into a future, and it was, you know, it was his own pocket universe. It wasn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. the Marvel universe that's ha- like he's in Brooklyn and whatever's happening in Manhattan has nothing to do with it. Apparently, it's a long train ride. Yeah, but I get why. They, you know, the fact is though, I think they had to move him to Marvel proper because otherwise the book doesn't fit anywhere. There's no ultimate line anymore. There's no right. Like in order to have an ongoing Marvel comic, it has to be part of the main universe, and I get that. And then you want to lose the character because it's a great character. Actually, that is probably the most successful. Theoretically, but then again, like I said, he's, I think he's just totally irrelevant now as a character in the Marvel Universe. He wasn't before, but now he is. I, I mean, in the sense of the context of the whole universe, maybe, but like the books on their own hold up just fine. They're good. I don't read the book and be like, oh, this is pointless. I know what you're saying, but it, there's two different things. You're still getting to tell the stories. And it's also it's similar to the Lucius Fox Batman book where oh yeah, that seemed like it was also in its own pocket universe and but now he's in the art for this lazarus pit storyline it's like wait a minute that doesn't make any sense batman would never let somebody run around calling themselves batman in the united states as well agree he is all about brand extensions like his sidekicks but he is not about brand confusion if anything (laughs) bruce wayne is an expert on branding it's true and he would not allow that and so it just doesn't make any sense i don't know like anything these characters will come and go depending on how how well they're done but if dc forces the issue and pushes characters out i think they will learn a hard lesson, the same lesson that Marvel learned about eight years ago when they did that, which was their sales tanked. So at the heart of all this, though, is the idea that they're publishers, right? They make books, but they're really IP companies. Mm -hmm. They have been treading on the same IP that was created for them 50, 60, 70 more years ago. And they're like, well, let's let's, let's try to prove our worth. We'll make some more IP. They're not good at it. (laughs) They're just not. Like... There'll be a couple of things, you know, they can they can sell a couple more T-shirts or whatever or make a movie or whatever. But, you know, they're trying to recreate it. But really, they're still coasting on the old stuff that was done by a handful of Jewish men in the 40s. I mean, right. really, that's what it is. Right. And so, they, they, you know, somebody is tasked with creating more IP so they can, you know, they can make more of it. They need Marvel characters because for the MCU, because right. they used up all of them and the actors turned 50. Mm-hmm. And so they can either, they don't want to reboot clearly. And so they're, they're trying to fill that in, but it will not be as successful just like in the comics. Like it won't have the same resonance. Right. Cause how do you make lightning strike twice? Hey, speaking yep. of, speaking of, and we're late, we got to move. But uh, speaking of, of Miles Morales, do you remember a year or, or so ago, they were like, he's got a new costume and it was the worst costume ever. Kind of. It, was it had like casual, a thing like a that hood. it was like a hoodie, but it yeah. was like a half mask that went, when this new, series started up they just got rid of it you just went right back to the old to the black and red one which by the way is a great costume it's one of the better new costume designs it yeah. plays off spider-man there was nothing wrong with it they were just like let's just forget about that the same thing it's happened cool. with spider-woman if you recall yes here she's wearing yes. a jacket now nah. <laughs> she had one of the most iconic costumes ever let's go back to and that. listen i get sneaker culture but if you're a superhero you should tie your shoes <laughs> it just seems dangerous just for the job you have <laughs> Contact at ifanboy.com. Thanks for writing in, Ben and Billy. Uh, you can also write in for our Media Split Show. If it's for the Media Split Show, please put it in the subject line so we know where to put it. Let's do some plugs. As I mentioned briefly earlier, we released the January Booksplode just this week, just right behind this show in the feed. Josh and I talked about Black Sad, All Fall Down, Part 1, the latest 
American release from Dark Horse of the Black Sad series, the modern day classic out of France by two Spanish creators. Interesting discussion, interesting book. We quite enjoyed it, and hopefully you enjoy the discussion. And coming up this week will be Media Splode for January, our Media Splode show, our monthly show. We talk about non-comics media, and we'll be discussing the movies and the TV shows we watched during our holiday break. It's a lot of them, and we'll be discussing all of that stuff, so we can look forward to that this coming week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. We haven't recorded it yet. You, people say break like they, like you had a break. I had no break. There was no breaks. <laughs> Talk's got to be walked, bro. You can find my kids started saying "bro," and I just said it, and I hate it. Mm. You can. I was being kind of. I was. I was almost being sarcastic, but then it was also kind of not because that's how language creeps in. Yeah. Anyway, you can find our library of over twelve hundred shows and counting at ifanboy.com and wherever podcasts are distributed, sold, made good, processed, manufactured, <laughs> or sold. You can follow us at ifanboycomics on Instagram to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out and sometimes for the best of the weekend panels Connor you did you did a nice job that last week I Thank didn't you. expect to see all that uh, you can follow us individually on Instagram at CS Kilpatrick or J.A. Flanagan we're not going to make dance reels so you'll probably never see what we do <laughs> subscribe to youtube.com slash ifanboy that's where you can find our old video show shows we had two of them you can find them all there and you can listen to this show every week on youtube if you'd like if you prefer if you're someone who, who was on youtube all day and you'd rather do it there then there you go this show's on there for you as well as all those old video shows from years and years ago of us wearing shorts they're all there so pale please <laughs> consider also leaving a star rating i am so tired everyone i'm not even hung over i'm just tired like existentially just in general i I just did you use that stuff i did send us i did okay this is not an ad i use z-biotics and i I don't have a pounding headache right i'm just tired though i have the box of right here on my desk and i'm like i don't know what to do with this i feel like i don't want to throw it away i gotta i give to one of my new co-workers are you a drinker (laughs) (laughs) who here's a drinker (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) where am i oh Consider leaving a review or a star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. It uh, helps people find this podcast. It helps the algorithm. Uh, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, and that's it. That's it for this week's show. It was a fun week of books, a fun way, week of talking to you, Josh. We'll be back next week. And until then, I'm Connor. You were okay. It's fine. It was okay. <laughs> Bye. Fight till you drop. You never stop. You can't give up. 